What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with empty nesters and hefty jesters. I'm Adrian, as always, here with my co-host, Paul. Let's get big factin'. Let's get no capping. You already know what time it is. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No cap. No cap. What do you make? Irish coffee. Ooh, what makes Irish? The Irish whiskey. Oh, okay. I thought it was because, like, it was fighting against colonialism from the British or something like that. You always have to one-up me. Look a little bit more radical. Hey, bro. I'm sorry that I'm always doing skateboard tricks while I'm talking about my <laughs> politics doing 360s, bro. Doing a sick kickflip ollie. <laughs> uh, that sort of attention-seeking behavior is fundamentally anti-revolutionary, Adrian. You're counter-revolutionary, though. You're counter-revolutionary. I've been talking to a lot of people, and they've all said that you're counter-revolutionary. Who? People. Obama? <laughs> people around town. That's people just about what, town? That's just what people are saying. They're saying there's a little stinker in Davis, and <laughs> Adrian's counter-revolutionary. Wait, those sound like separate things when you say it like that. That sounds like I'm not the little stinker. They they, I, they don't know. They're just Wait, they haven't connected the dots yet? <laughs> They're like, the little stinker always shows up where Adrian isn't. They've never been seen in the same room. <laughs> There's rumors of a little stinker in Davis, but people who know you through the pod have ascertained that you're counter-revolutionary. <laughs> I was going to say, this is very niche, and I don't know if this joke will come across, but... One of the things we do in our experiments with uh, indoor glass-walled hives is you put a little queen excluder so the queen can't get to certain parts of the hive. And Marshall kept cutting them just slightly off during his field season. I was trying to help him. But he kept telling me, he'd be like, oh, yeah, the uh, the queen jumped to the other side or whatever. And I was like, she just, like, crawled. Like, why are you making it sound like she did, like, a quick, like, like a like a sick-ass, like, 360 ollie over a rail to get to the other side of the hive? Like, she just walked over a gap in metal. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I was thinking about this because I was, um, uh, I was doing some stuff after watching the, uh, a game today. Do you think we should open up a poll after every episode for who was MVP of the episode? I think it would usually be the audience. Because... The audience? The third man? <laughs> Did you know I was going to say that before I said it? You really hopped yeah. on quick. I don't know what the latency is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I figured out where you're going with it. <laughs> I, I can see the calculations of your brain of like, do I seem humble or do I do mean for being funny or do I pick the other option? <laughs> and you went where my brain would have gone. Hey, as always, the audience is the MVP and Charlemagne the God is the donkey of the day for this episode. And I thought I thought someone else was. Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been jokingly mocking Pierce because for some reason he felt the need to attack me in your DMs. Can I ask you this question? Are my just is my phone number a DM or like that's just texting me at that point? He just has my number and can text me. Yeah, it's a it's a direct message to your phone. I guess. I mean, usually my secretary screens them, but I guess. Yeah, apparently it's a, like what Pierce was like. Paul likes Kanye. What a towel head. What a Arab piece of shit. Something like that. No, no, no. He just pointed out that Open Mike Eagle has a lyric on his new album where he says, "If you're still defending Kanye, that's ins- that's insulting to me," or something like that. Okay, but when he called me a sand N-word, I was just confused how that fit into it. Like, I just don't see why Pierce had to do that. I think that was an autocorrect thing. 
He did send me a a, a meme today, uh, where it was uh, you know the animorph um covers where like it's them turning into an animal. Mm-hmm. It was Kanye turning into Uncle Ruckus from the Boondocks. Sounds about white of Pierce to like that meme. Whoa, sounds about white. That's the <laughs> word of the day. <laughs> That's the phrase of the day. <laughs> Sounds about white. I think I mentioned this to you on a phone call, but it's like the left's version of the attack helicopter jokes, where it's like, even if you remove all the politics from it, just like a completely unfunny joke. I feel like you're calling out a lot of people with that one. What a boring pun to be like, sounds white, or sounds about white. Yeah, this is like, I don't know, I feel like we're hurting people in our actual lives by coming out on this. <laughs> this is like when I was talking about how uh, how corny I thought it was to call someone your gaunt or whatever because of your gay aunt. Or oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Call them a <laughs> Is he like that? Yeah, that's fucking corny as hell. Uh, what's new? What's going on? What's bracken? How was Escape from New York? Oh, I ended up not watching it. I decided I was tired, so I went to sleep. That was your Friday night? <laughs> Paul, how can I vicariously live through you if that's your Friday night? I called Adrian up on Friday night to chat, as we often do, and he literally got upset at me. He was like, why aren't you doing something more fun? And I was like, man, I don't know. I'm enjoying my alone time. What was Izzy doing? You guys seem codependent. No, we don't. Shut up. <laughs> Shut but up. She was with her mom and sister. <laughs> Shut uh, <okay>. up. <laughs> they were doing a girls' night thing? You weren't allowed? Uh, they were in uh, Western North Carolina. Why do you need to know Izzy's whereabouts? Because I want to make sure she's safe. I haven't seen her in a while. <laughs> I know she's hanging around a dirty dog look, all the she's time. she's safe? Uh, she specifically said she doesn't want the police to ask any questions or look into her disappearance at all. That's a deal breaker, ladies. Do you have any media roundup or anything? I just, before hopping on the pod, finished the book uh, Till by uh, Daniel Kelman. And it rocked. It was a really good read. Check that out, y'all. It's about a jester. Ooh, that was what I used for the intro. During the Thirty Years' War. Mm, nice. There's also, like, magic and stuff in the book. It's like, uh, what is it, historical fiction? Mm, love historical fiction. I know you're a big fan. I'm always fan. like, what Everybody if George Washington that? was a sorcerer? I'm always like, what if, <laughs> what if Lincoln Abraham was a Lincoln was a slayer? <laughs> Damn it. Why, are we, why is our brains going the exact same place today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just one step faster. Anyway, what's up with Milan? I, I know there's soccer on today. Oh, I did watch that game. It, it was kind of a snoozer, I'm not going to lie. We ended up edging out a win, but like it wasn't fun to oh watch. Oh my god, Adrian, stop telling the audience about edging. Nobody cares about what you do during <laughs> your free time. I knew as soon as I said that, that's, what you're, that's where you're going to go. And I feel like the audience knew that, and we're all disappointed in you still somehow. <laughs> no, the one media roundup I wanted to bring in was kind of a, a, a capricious one. Uh, I was calling Drake on Friday for his birthday that was on Thursday, but Friday is when he went out and he was talking to me for a while and he was like, the one thing that I want for my birthday is for you to just give me a suggestion of some music to listen to because we do talk about music a lot. And so I was trying to find something nice and creative and something fun that he hadn't heard about. And that's when I realized I never talked about how much I got into Zen Dash for a second. And that's when I also realized he has 52 monthly listeners on Spotify. Like, that is criminally underrated. Very fun rapper, good personality, really good production. Go check him out. He's, he's His latest, like, three tapes are all pretty fun. Cool. So go check out Zendash. And you're and delivering that, your birthday present to Drake on the pod, or have you texted him separately? I uh, I Venmoed him for a drink, and I, I put that as the description. It was uh, listen to Open Mike Eagle's new album where he trashes Kanye, uh, and then listen to Zendash. Hi, uh, shut up. <laughs> Looking at you, man. <laughs> shut up, man. Shut up. 
Drake, Drake, happy birthday from me. Listen to Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. Ooh, have you heard of this band? They're called the Beatles, the boys from Liverpool. <laughs> uh, happy birthday, man. Your mind's about to be blown. That's actually so much funnier, as I should have been like, have you heard of this song, Happy Birthday? It's like perfect for you to listen to today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not uh, not 2 chains. Not 2 chains. Uh, what's that? All I want for my birthday is a big booty hoe. Oh, yeah, yeah. All I want in this world. I mean, all I want for lunch is a blunt and your girl. God, that was so popular when we were like in early high school, that 2 chain song, or maybe late high school. Somewhere in high school. <laughs> Let's not date ourselves, Paul. That was really popular when my parents were in high school. <laughs> I'm young. I'm a Gen Zer. <laughs> I listen to Sean Mendez. <laughs> You are wearing your Isn't he old be now? queer shirt, which does make it feel like you should be talking about Sean Mendez more. <laughs> yeah. I listen to <laughs> Dev Lemons. I don't even know. At this point, is liking Ariana Grande something only old queers do? Like a, a Gen Z queer would yeah, be like, that's ew, like, she's for old people. I think so. That's one of those things where like my sister made a joke in our group chat when my brother brought up Ariana Grande of like, she sent the meme and she was like, what race is she today? And my brother just said, rude. <laughs> <laughs> no cap. I feel like two things that I've seen pop up in my feed recently have been the resurgence of Paramore and also apparently it's weird uh, popularity in the black community. I didn't know as a band that they really hit that community very hard, but um, an interesting thought. I don't know much about Perry Morto, Perry Moore, Paramore to really Perry uh, make a, <laughs> to make the, a the law about office that. of Perry I don't know a lot Moore. about Perry the platypus <laughs> dressing up as a member of Paramore to do a prank. <laughs> Haley Williams <laughs> and Doctor Doofenshmirtz is like, oh look, it's a platypus in a band that he's like puts on his hat. He's like, oh no, it's Perry the platypus in Paramore. If I had a nickel for every time that Perry the platypus took over for the front man of a band that I enjoyed, I'd only have two nickels. But it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> Did I tell you the other thing that happened where I was talking music with uh, Drake and Coleman uh, and I sent them a song where apparently we are at the age now that people are doing early 2000s nostalgia throwback pop punk, but with modern references where like it was the song, the song was like the style of pop punk that we grew up with, which is apparently nostalgic now. And then it was a song about Addison Ray, who I think is like a like a TikTok person, right? Or something like that. I don't know. I just heard the song and I was like, dear God, we're so old now. This is already a thing. <laughs> They're already doing throwbacks to the music we grew up uh, with. It's like someone doing a 70s throwback. When did that 70s show come out? Did it come out like, like when will that 2000s show about our childhood come? When would that come out if it was going to mirror the same uh, gap between the 70s and that 70s show? Ooh, that's a good... You know, we're close, you know, you know, Biden's closer to the uh, ending of slavery than he is to the moon landing. What's that fact or whatever? I think I think that one is wrong. <laughs> Don't fact check me. OK, Politico. Uh, that 70s show came out in 98 and I think it started in like, I think it didn't have an exact year when it started. But let's say no, I start- thought it literally started with New Year's into the 70s. That's how it ended into the 80s. I don't. I don't oh, know if it started. You're right, that you're way. right, you're right. Because they were only like, they weren't like, they didn't grow 10 years in that show. That'd be way too old. <laughs> Did you know that they're doing that 90s show? They're bringing back the cast? Yeah. Oh, the same cast? I was about to say that sounds stupid. But if they get no, the entire. No, because they tried that 80s show, but. You yeah, know, that if they can get yeah. the entire same cast, that'd be 
insane. I would 100 Can you imagine watch being that. like the iconoclast in the boardroom being like, what if we did that 60s show? <laughs> and it was like, nah, we got to go forward, baby. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Donna and Steven are both uh, Scientologists. Is that going to go over well now that. Is Steven his name? Uh, uh, Steven Hyde. Hyde. Hide, yeah, right, right, right. I forgot what his first name was. Dude, that is such a weird show where, like, it's not even like How I Met Your Mother. It's like, I watched that entire series, don't remember a lick of it. I think I've mentioned one joke from it on the pod, but, like, I don't remember much of that show at all. Talking about elder queers, um, like Dorley and your brother. Uh, Dorley I- isn't a young elder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I assume they, they have to be big fans of uh, Wilmer Valderrama, right? Like, he's that sort of star. Because of Yo Mama, yeah. Wait, did he do Yo Mama? I just kind of knew him from he like- He hosted Yo Mama, yeah. From like emu segments and dancing. No, and no, no. Having He's a really the one great body. They $1,000 in cash money. <laughs> <laughs> he does seem like, I, I don't know if he's gay, but he's definitely feels like a gay hero to me. And I don't know why. I don't think so. Maybe because he kind of had a, like a, like a Mario Lopez, like kind of buff Latino dude thing going on. But I, don't I think, think that's so. it. I think I might be just mixing him up with Mario Lopez. <laughs> Maybe. Who also isn't gay, right? I don't Is know. Mario Lopez not gay? No, I think you're confusing Latino with gay. <laughs> Wait, aren't they I think my fa- I, think, I think my family has skewed your vision of how gay the Latino community is. <laughs> you're like, you're talking about AMLO? The gay president? <laughs> Man, I feel like I stepped on uh I stepped on some <laughs> landmines a while ago, but <laughs> he's like Mexico's gay Trump. According to John Oliver. <laughs> um, but anyway, should we get to the theme? I feel like we're going long. Yeah, yeah, let's get to the theme. We're actually not going long. We're going short. We should, not, we should meander with a bunch of other bullshit. You seen the news today? No, I've been reading all day because I'm an intellectual. Oh my god, I'm gonna fucking kill myself. MVP of the episode, this bullet I'm about to put through my fucking head. <laughs> okay, pretend it's about me so that you don't have to take responsibility for the fact that you're just perpetually depressed. Wow. All right, let's get real on this episode of Big Facts No Cap. Let's really get into the big facts and the no caps. Have you ever thought about that? How if you were going to commit suicide, you would definitely just find the last person who pissed you off and blame them in the letter? Yeah, I would be like, I told the guy (laughs) double meat at Firehouse Sub, and I think at most he gave me 1.5 times the amount. Dude, that's true. Anywhere that charges you a little bit extra for double meat never actually gives you double meat. I've stopped doing that. no. No, I actually, I have the opposite opinion. For my birthday, my mom asked me if she want, if I could, if I wanted to get lunch anywhere, and I was like, "Can you bring me back an Italian firehouse sub?" For some reason, that's what I'm craving. But instead of giving me the full with all that bread, just get me a half with double meat. And man, that was too much meat. I was like, I was like eating it. And I was like, "Yo, dude, they like stuffed this fucking thing. <laughs> the ratios are all off." Okay, well, I'll just say at places like Chipotle and shit, you definitely don't get double beat, and I always feel mm. like it's a ripoff there. I mean, it's just a scooper, right? It's just two scoops of, instead of one scoop, right? That, I, I feel like it's two scoops, and if you do double meat, it's three. I swear. All right, our theme for today. And this isn't a trick. This isn't one of our wacky ones. <laughs> this is a straightforward one. I guess it is inherently metaphorical, <laughs> but it's still a straightforward one. Leaving the nest. Leaving the nest, uh, just to like bring it back to the last episode, I thought of it because in the last episode, it was a couple weeks ago when we had the daughter who was becoming uh, too smug for her mom, like she wouldn't go to restaurants with her. 
I was like, oh yeah, that is kind of like a thing that every kid at some point has to uh, create their own personality. But yeah, individuation, it, it's definitely a thing. Like right up until like elementary school, you kind of just like what your parents like and do what they... I guess I didn't, to be honest with you, but I think for a lot of white people, yeah. that's how it is. I didn't really do that either. No, I think you're right. I remember when like I was young, I liked... All the stuff that my dad's liked, or that my dad liked, like trains, dinosaurs, uh, <laughs> shapes, colors, all those things that he was really into. <laughs> he did pass down soccer to me. I guess it is like a white dad thing to be like, you have to like Pink Floyd and Zelda or whatever. I feel like you've gone on this rant before, yeah. But yeah, everybody at some point has to grow up. I, I guess I didn't have the same interests as my parents, but I was pretty close to my mom. I did everything with her, right? Like... You you rely on them to, like, transport you, to find you activities, just to kind of fill the time in your day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did your, your parents don't seem like the type, they never took issue with, uh, with you growing up. They weren't like, my little baby boy is growing up and it makes me so sad. Mm, I think they said I was much easier than Dora Lee was. I don't know about Nando. Um... I don't know. I went to college 20 minutes away from where we grew up. So like nothing too big there. Uh, Maybe it was. Yeah, maybe it was moving to California. That was the biggest one. But they would already had two other kids move out to other parts of the country. So how about in middle school when you went through that Christian phase? Did they at all feel like they were losing their baby boy? No, I think they were into it. They're both they're both believers. Mm. But you were going into like Protestantism. The evil non-denominational church. Yeah, that's still Protestantism. Non-denominational is Protestantism. What? It's non. It's non-denominational. It's not a denomination of Protestantism, but it's still not Catholicism. Oh, you just mean Jer- oh? Is that how? Is that how it's defined? Yeah, I think if you're not Catholic, you're Protestant. Unless you're Eastern Orthodox, they get to be. If not- you <laughs> are Catholic, you might just be a Protestant. I didn't even pay enough attention to get that far into the uh, the, the theology of it. Uh, no, I don't think that. I don't think they care about that at all. Also, again, I don't know why you keep assuming my parents are Catholic. They're both also, like, from Protestant sects. Really? I didn't know that because they're Hispanic. You, no, you you know that. And this is the same conversation we have every single time, which is you're like, but they're Hispanic. They have to be Catholic. And I'm like, no, both of them are from what would be considered Protestant sects. What Christianity. I don't know. Who knows? My dad doesn't know how to translate things. He's like, I don't know what you would call it. I also didn't really ask that much, but I know they weren't Catholic. I think they were Catholic. This is, that's the exact same response you have every time. I love how it's just stimulus <laughs> response with Paul sometimes. <laughs> I mean, doesn't it show that I, I speak honestly? <laughs> I remember one time during uh, orientation, I guess maybe like freshman year of high school for that orientation or something, there was like one of the teachers was doing a like quote Mark's funny joke where he was like sending the students one way and the parents another way and being like... Parents to the left, kids to the right. Umbilical cords right here. Ooh, that's good, though. <laughs> yeah, funny stuff. Mm, I don't remember anything like that. That's also a late age to be doing that. <laughs> yeah, for me, I, I think, and this um, this is getting into what my column will eventually be about. 
I think of leaving the nest as like a college thing, or maybe at the most like a summer camp thing, like when you first go off to summer camp, or maybe I guess if you're one of those weird parents who like has really weird rules around letting your kids do sleepovers and like, that's your big like, I'm letting my child spend the night with some other family. But like, yeah, I don't know. For me, I think that the biggest one was like college, I guess. But I don't know. I don't know what other micro ones there the are. The theme is leaving the nest. But it's also like, yeah, just separating from parents or like forming your own sense of self or identity, individuating. I guess so. I guess the camp one does resonate with me because I remember the first time I went to a summer camp in North Carolina um, with my neighbor. I think the first night, I can't remember if it was me or him, but one of us got so homesick the first night that we slept in the same bed together because we were on the top bunk and bottom bunk of the same bed. Aw, that's adorable. It was weird, too, because um, the camp counselor like found us the next morning. He was like, hey, man, that's fine. Like, I get like you guys are homesick, but you guys can't do that again. And I was like, is that a Christian thing now in retrospect? Or is that like a I want you guys to like really like focus on being away from your parents or something? <laughs> I feel like that's a Christian thing. Maybe they're like, yeah, two dudes can't be sleeping in a bay. That's a that's a girl thing. It was an all-boys summer camp. That's where you really discovered yourself? That sounds like it'd be a great, like, gay coming-of-age film. I guess so, but no, not for me. There, It was all just Christian white dudes. Damn. I feel like this could be the uh, non-problematic version of Call Me By Your Name. Hmm. Because they would be the same ages, and we wouldn't cast Army Hammer. As much as I would want to, we wouldn't. Call me in the morning, call me by your name. Call me by your name. Oh, sorry. I meant the movie, not the song. Oh, I thought you meant... Okay. Yeah. Well, Wait, Army <laughs> Hammer isn't in Call Me By Your Name by <laughs> Little Nas X? I thought it was pretty controversial that he gave him that guest feature. And honestly, don't support it. <laughs> so I mentioned sleepovers. Was that a thing for you? My parents were very lackadaisical about me just going yeah, wherever. Same. My parents did not care. I did have one situation, though. It was before we were going off to college... It was me and Hunter. We were at his house. We were hanging out. Our friend Hunter used to live right next to our high school. And sometimes we would go use high school facilities at night drunk while hanging out. Um, yeah, I so remember. We went to the, <laughs> so we went to the tennis court to play uh, tennis soccer, which is a famous game that uh, mm-hmm. I brought to the masses. And I've never um, twisted my leg. I never twisted <laughs> your ankle, my ankle. Not your that. entire leg. I never twisted stanky my leg ankle. on the court. It was maybe a month or two before we were going off to college. Uh... And I guess she was watching us play on the field because it's like within the field of vision where you can see from her window. But we got drunk. We decided to go like see if any of the doors to the school were open and we were able to get into like the auditorium and all these other places. And we were just trying to figure out which doors were unlocked and how where we could go at night and just like creep around and like see what was up. Um, And apparently she didn't realize that like from one minute to the next, we left the court and gone into the building and so when we finally showed back up at the house, she was like really like in a tizzy of like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you guys are back. I didn't know what happened or whatever. And we were both just like we were just exploring the school. And she was like, I guess I'm just not ready to let go. And that, that was the most explicit I've ever had of like a parent being like, hmm. I'm not ready to let go of you, man. My parents, because we had woods right behind my house, I used to disappear for hours. You had a with bamboo like, forest. Yeah, with friends. Back a tiger could have gotten you at any point. <laughs> So I don't feel like my parents had that. They definitely did not have their like line of sight on me. Your parents are like Danish parents who just like leave you in a crib. Also, that is shocking for Hunter because we definitely disappeared a couple times doing shit like that. I guess it was just like for whatever reason she was watching that time. So it got yeah. To I her. think it was the context or whatever. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, I I climbed onto the roof. I assume you went in in that building that kind of lets you into the gym area that was right yeah. next to the tennis fields. 
But yeah, that, exactly. that roof had a pretty low hanging, what would you call it, like awning or like... And that's what I want to say, but I don't know if that's the right word. I don't, I don't know. And our friend Adam pulled up his car to it one time and we stood on the hood and jumped up onto oh. it and then we could get onto it. And from there, there was a ladder and you could climb onto the top of the high school. Damn, I never did the on top of the high school thing. I know that was like a thing that actually had credibility as a cool thing to do in high school. And then you and Adam just had a real heart to heart. You were like, hey, man, we're going to the NFL next year, man. It's college and it's the NFL, baby. Can't nothing stop us. And I was like, I'm not going to make it, but you're going to be a star in the NFL. And then you're going to buy a ranch out in Texas, Texas forever. And we clinked beer glasses. And then the next day at the game, he got injured. He was paralyzed from the waist down. I know from you, though, that's Friday Night Lights. Here's to God and football in 10 years from now, Street. Good friends living large in Texas. Texas forever, Street. Texas forever. Yo, everybody, listen up. Let's do it. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God. Um, other leaving the nest things. Um, I don't think I had an issue going to kindergarten like that first one. I don't think I had an issue starting school. Oh, I should. I, I did. Yeah. Um, oh, apparently I had a really boy. hard time going to first grade mm. and my sister used to have to get a special permission, used to have to get special permission from the teacher to show up late because I, she would walk me to class and then I would cry so much and hold on to her and refuse to let her leave that she was late to her uh, fifth grade class mm. every day. And that's why she never learned geometry. <laughs> that's why to this day she can't do long division. <laughs> Um, anything about empty nester syndrome? About do you think your parents were sad after you were the last child that left? Because I think hey, we were Adrian, that's a whole other out. episode. Oh, we're doing empty nesters as a different episode. Yeah. Okay. Because I think my parents were relieved. <laughs> They're like, no more of this gross kid who just let leaves flies to die on the windowsill. Actually, that's not entirely true because she still did have two younger white children that she was paid to take care of. So, mm. and she always loved more than you, which kind of gave you a. Yeah, she loves them. She thinks they're real cool. <laughs> she thinks it's really cool that the youngest one is mad that I won't call her my sister. <laughs> well, Adrian, why do these people like you? It seems like you guys exclusively talk shit about them and are mean to them. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of the Perez charm is like, I can be really mean to people and they still absolutely adore me. Like, I don't know what to do about it, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, you want to go into articles? All right. Well, I'm bringing in an article from beliefnet.com. Dear Pastor Paul, and I'll just jump into the question Ooh, if that's okay PP? with you. Yeah. Okay, cool. My 17-year-old son told me that he is interested in Islam and thinking about converting. We came to the U.S. from Russia, and we do not practice any religion, except I visit our church, which is 50 miles away from our home, and my husband is Jewish. We have never thought of the possibility of our son being Islamic. My son's best friend is Arabic, and they are very close. I think they talk about it a lot. I just don't know what to do with this. I don't have enough knowledge to talk to him about different religions. Can you give me any suggestions? That's it, Adrian. That's the question. What is there to talk about? He's 17. Yeah, he can choose his own religion. Yeah, or I guess next year he can. I guess what struck me about this column is like what America brain it is. And I know they're from Russia, but I guess maybe like what Western brain it is to be like, 
we're not religious. I mean, I do go to church and my husband is Jewish, but like those are like yeah. those are regular <laughs> religions. We're not like those are religious things. Yeah. <laughs> also, I apparently read beliefnet.com and write in questions to it, but I'm not even that re- like I'm not religious. I just go to church 50 miles away and read beliefnet.com. That's like that's regular. Wait, also if he's not religious, is it converting if you're not religious or is that just joining? I guess you're right, converting from atheism to Islam. Hmm. <laughs> converting from atheistic transgenderism to Islam. <laughs> God, that's one of my favorite things. I think I've we've talked about this before, but the uh, Change My View subreddit, which is like dumb opinions and then like alt-right people being like, hey, can I, shouldn't I be alt-right? <laughs> and like anytime there's a transgender one, it's always like, I just don't believe in transgenderism. And I'm like, I know you're supposed to be empathetic and like try and get past those kind of barriers, but like if you're calling it that, I, I just don't think we're going to see eye to eye on this. <laughs> I mean, sorry, if Islam is winning your son's heart, that's on you. Isn't it? It's it's the fastest growing religion, isn't it? Or at least it was for like when we were like in high school or whatever, when you learn those kind of facts. Yeah, but I think that's more in like Eastern Asia, not like in America. You think I'm doing that thing where I'm like, if I see someone on the street in America, I assume their name's Muhammad. It's the most common name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Statistically, most likely you should just assume every person is Asian. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool way to do that. I like that. That's why I bow to everyone. That's why I always open every conversation with Ni Hao. Can we, can we just thank the uh, former USSR for bringing these godless people to America from Russia? Who are also Christian and Jewish. Jewish. <laughs> We have never thought of the possibility of our son being Islamic. You know, it's one of those things that I wouldn't put as like the most unlikely thing, but it's also not like the least unlikely thing. Like I could see why this wasn't in your periphery before. <laughs> yeah, but sure. It's also when your son says like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to college to be a nurse. You, you don't say, well, we never thought of the possibility. Like it's just something that could happen. Of course, like it's- we don't have a uh, break glass in case our son wants to be Islamic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What do you mean? Of course, that, that is kind of random in the context of America. You wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> Why is Islam appealing to him? Like, apparently you guys gave him no spiritual guidance, well, no sort no, of meaning but- in life. If Islam is appealing to him, it's because it's offering him something you guys didn't. Get this your bag up. Yusuf. Um, the, well, you're getting into the second part of the question, which is his his best friend is Arabic. Yeah, and he talked to him, and he talked to him about his religion, and he, your son was like, hmm, that sounds appealing. That sounds like it's providing me something my parents didn't provide me spiritually growing think, up. Do you think that's true, or do you think it's like the Mormon kid from South Park, where he's just living like a really cool rock and roll wholesome <laughs> life, and he's like, damn, I want whatever he's having. This is like season two of Rami, where, uh, mm-hmm. where Maharshala Ali's character is the, uh, like, a mom who describes islam in like such a good way and he's like the rules might seem restrictive but it's like the bitter rind of an orange that holds the fruit together and all the like sweet meat of the fruit is inside of it he he said it more poetic than i did but all that sweet orange bussy is just below <laughs> all that sweet orange islamic bussy is inside of the rind <laughs> you know i don't know maybe his friend's just really compelling yeah maybe I think Can they I bring should. The, I think um, they should l- let their son go with Allah. Um, this is such a niche reference. It's almost like a Tosh thing, where like I watched a video of someone on YouTube watching a ten-year-old YouTube video and reacting to it. But it was early YouTube days where people would like middle schoolers would just r- r- record them doing stuff and post it on YouTube. 
it was two white girls in like Oklahoma trying to convince their Indian friend to convert to Christianity. <laughs> and so much of the beginning of the video is them trying to reconcile the fact that she's dark skinned, but Asian and not African. <laughs> That's so much of the first part of the video. <laughs> she's like, I'm Asian. I'm Indian. Like I'm from Asia. And they're like, but you're so dark though. <laughs> Man, wait till they learn about Aboriginal people from Australia. Ah, that's a digital. Their minds are gonna explode. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think it's a one hundred percent foregone conclusion that it's because of the friend? Yeah, almost certainly. Somebody has to like pitch it to you in real life. For kids that age, right? For kids that age, that seems to be like the transmission process. But also, like maybe Islam would do him good. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know this kid. Seems like his parents are a little spiritually lost with their, we're not religious, but we are Christian and Jewish. Also, Maybe he was like... Think about how powerful this family would be with all three of the Abrahamic religions represented mm. in their family. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was like, ooh, so I get time off work every day to pray if I'm... <laughs> if I'm <laughs> Wait, you're saying I get five like... extra breaks? And if I take up smoking, I get like ten more? I barely got to work. Goddamn. <laughs> I mean, that's my whole day there. <laughs> And my dad's Jewish and I'm Jewish, so I get Friday nights off. I just don't know what to do with this. I don't have enough knowledge to talk to him about different religions. That sounds like they just don't want him to be a part of this particular religion. They're like, if I could give him an alternative and I had the knowledge to do that, I would. I can't. Also, hearkening back to old episode point that I make, that I made, people who we went to high school with who were atheists, who would have the line of like, when I have children, I'm going to teach them about every religion. And I was like, you're not even going to teach them fucking basic mathematics. You're going to spend time <laughs> to give them an entire like world spirituality course. No, that is very stupid. It's like, what good is that, that going to su- bring? No, them? but that was such a common opinion in like the atheist circles in our high school it was like, I'm going to expose my children to every idea so they can decide what they think is right, including not believing. And I promise you, I won't beat the shit out of them as they decide to just be a Protestant Christian. And you know what the saddest thing is? Those kids, those guys have children now. (laughs) Yeah, and I assume their kids are super cool atheists. I think that's pretty cool. So I am making fun of them a lot for that whole, uh, you know, not representing as religious, but being clearly religious thing. But I, I know that's actually a thing in, like, Japan, where apparently, like, a lot of them, like, Buddhism and Shinto, right? Those, like, uh, exist pretty, like, they're separate religions, but a lot of Japanese people do both ceremonies, but then also consider themselves non-religious. It's like a very weird, different uh, way of thinking yeah, of religion. Yeah. And then like, there are all these rappers where like, their girl says that they're not religious, but they're all up on my nuts. They're sacrilegious for sure. Oh, dude, that makes a lot of sense. Do you think this kid should be sacrilegious? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, he's underage. Never mind. Wait, no, when was this published? <laughs> I don't know. I guess at the end of the day, my response to this kid, vaya con Dios. Is that Muslim for, uh, is that like, uh, is that like a Hamdullah or Alu Akbar? Is that Muslim for something? Oh. It's Spanish for <laughs> go with God. <laughs> mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many like Christian black families have to deal with this exact same cr- question when their kid mm. becomes like an NOI person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to do about that. If, if my kids started quoting Brother Farrakhan or Minister Farrakhan, I would be a little concerned. Brother Farrakhan? <laughs> I like how you just became Cornell West for a second. <laughs> Brother. 
every time he's on a podcast, no matter who he's with, he's just like, all right, well, Brother Virgil, who's now canceled, <laughs> let me talk to you about this. Have you seen that cut of him calling Obama brother, brother Barack and calls Clinton Sister Hillary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love them. Cornell West is funny. Dude, Dude we gotta I get Cornell I'm... on the pod. How do we get invite him onto this podcast? He's I mean, so I think cool. he was, they were trying to oust him from his job at Harvard or something because they were like, you're not doing your job. You're just going on podcasts all the time. <laughs> so I think we honestly could. I would love to hear him call you Brother Paul. No cap. Give him, give him a Mormon Bible or whatever they're called. Those are fun because they do have little pictures of Jesus hanging out with the uh, Native Americans at the front. Misrepresent the causality and say you should be a Scientologist because they're all rich. So if you become a Scientologist, you're going to get rich. But this person, he's looking for spiritual depth. That's probably why he's... Nobody turns to Islam because they think it's going to no, bring them clout. No, plow. no, no, no. They turn to Islam for the jokes. That's what my <laughs> dentist did once, famously. I was like, folks, you see this guy? Yeah, Islam for the jokes. No, 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 Adrian. I think he's turning to Islam for the spiritual depth. I don't think there's anything in it for him in the earthly world. You know, he's doing this for like a hot chick. He's trying to sleep with this guy with his best friend's sister. Um, okay, advice to the parents. Advice to the parents. Um, Tell him that being a Russian white Muslim is haram. He's 17. He's old enough that you just need to... You need to give him some of the stuff he's going to be giving up if he, if he turns to Islam. So you're going to have to get oh, him a little oh. drinky. You already told him, you already gave away the answer. He's 17. His parents have to both convert to Islam, so it's no longer cool. We've already given this advice before. That's the ticket. <laughs> that would actually be awesome. <laughs> now, what were you going to say? I was going to say get show him laid. Show him pork or... Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. For, you got to invite over, like, the hottest girl from his class at school... To a mm -hmm. barbecue where you do a whole pork roast. Mm-hmm. What else is haram? Taking shots. Taking shots. And you're like, you're getting old enough. You can have a couple drinks with us. Mm. So you, you make a lot of great mixed drinks at this barbecue. The only other things that I can think are haram are like kind of random stuff. Like you can't eat with your left hand because that's for wiping your butt. I can't think of any specific mm -hmm. ways they could show him how frustrating that'll be. Cut off his right hand? <laughs> I, w I don't think they should cut off his right hand. I think just go with the barbecue. <laughs> all right, all right. It's a good move. All right, you want to hear the answer from the professional uh, pastor? I guess so. I don't think the, the husband seems too concerned about this. This seems like a thing where I don't think you should be too concerned about it. Your son was introduced to Islam the way most people come to a new religion, through a friend. The friendship undoubtedly offers support to your son in his adjustment to life in his new country. Likewise, Islam offers him the potential of a community, a belief system, and a way of fitting into American society, which can sometimes be alienating to new immigrants. All of this is basically positive. Wait, did they state that they had just moved? They did not. Also, converting to Islam helps you fit in in America. What America does this pastor live in? Yeah, America. Famously, that country with no issues with Islamophobia. That country where every Muslim is super popular. Don't you remember at school so where people what? were like, oh my god, we love Mohammed. He's the coolest guy at school. He's the fucking jock. He's president of our class. Mohammed. It's almost the same as like converting to being a Wiccan. However, as with everything, you need to be involved in your son's life, actively cultivating his beliefs and aware of the decisions he is making. Ask your son why he is attracted to Islam and what he understands to be the basic tenets of the religion. 
You should not be afraid. I don't afraid. know why, but that wording to me is so funny. It's just like, oh, you like Islam so much? Why don't you marry Islam? <laughs> Did you like Islam? Name your five favorite verses from the Quran. <laughs> you should not be afraid to ask your son about the community where he is praying. You might even visit the mosque with him and speak to the leaders. You don't need to know that much about the Muslim religion to be able to sense if this particular religious community is a good place for your son to be. Finally, both you and your husband should tell your son about your personal religious beliefs. You obviously have some investment in your church if you are willing to travel 50 miles to go to service, and your husband is no doubt influenced by his Jewish heritage. Having an honest, heartfelt talk about all of your religious beliefs will help your family grow stronger whether or not your son decides to become Muslim. In the end, being a part of a loving and supportive family will be the key to your son's success in America, no matter what religion he decides to practice. Pastor Paul. Wait, so the answer is about how to succeed in America? I feel like capitalism is this guy's religion, not Christianity. <laughs> I don't feel like they're likely a brand new family to America. That pastor really made that assumption and ran with it for the answer. But he seemed oddly understanding about the fact that, like, it's not bad to convert to Islam if it's the religion that speaks to you the most. I mean, different paths up the same mountain, bruh. <laughs> yeah. Different paths up the same mountain. You know how much I like that saying. It's not stupid at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, yeah, we're getting my call. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll give you a second to sip on that Bud Light. Hey, you know, I'm just a real guy. Just sipping on my Bud Light. Okay, so as I said before, I am taking the um, leaving the nest analogy to mostly mean kind of the most common thing, which is going to college. So here is an uh, advice column. Oh, I saw almost for sure you were going to bring in like a zoo advice column about a bird leaving the nest. <laughs> what do you what do you think I am, Paul? I take this podcast very seriously. Every advice column is <laughs> every advice column is a different path up the same mountain. Which is why I brought in from the Atlantic a dear therapist, Lori Gottlieb. We've brought her in before. She's very loquacious, so we'll see how much of the answer we keep in. But here's the question. Dear therapist, I'm worried the college admissions process is rigged against my son. He has grades and test scores that I think should qualify him for the Ivy League, but he's also white and upper middle class. <laughs> February 18th, 2019. Dear therapist, my son is in the middle of the college application process. He has very good grades and very good SAT and ACT scores. He is an Eagle Scout and a captain of the cross-country team. He's also white, male, and upper middle class. And that's his problem. According to all of the statistics and reports, he should be accepted at Ivy League schools, but he has not been. He will eventually get into a quote-unquote good school, but it is my guess, based on what we are seeing with his peer group, that he will be overqualified for the school he ends up at. He is very frustrated and upset. How do you explain to a bright, eager boy that this system is rigged against him? For example, his twin brother, who has similar grades and an almost identical resume, is going to the U.S. Naval Academy, and his application process, though difficult, was smooth and straightforward. Lisa from Mendham, New Jersey. Wait, is going to the U.S. Naval Academy supposed to be impressive or supposed to be like, oh, he ended up going to a dumb place despite being very smart? I can't tell. I think it's supposed to be impressive. Oh. Because <laughs> he's not going to learn how to, like, shoot things on a boat. He's learning how to command how to tell people to go shoot things off a boat. Um. Can I just say that, like, 
I get Eagle Scout. We've talked before about how that's a weird thing that is really important for college applications. I don't think it is anymore. Why does a cross-country team need a captain? <laughs> also, the Well, you're like, come on, everybody, sport. run this way. <laughs> <laughs> also, the fakest sport. Let's keep running this way. <laughs> <laughs> also, how do you punish somebody on a cross-country team who shows up late? Run laps? <laughs> Bitch, we were already going to do that. Fake a sport? Yeah. Did you know anybody on the cross-country team who wasn't just there because their parents said they had to do a sport and it was kind of the default one you went to if your parents insisted? That actually resonates. Yeah, I think you know Jordan who uh, got into Princeton, but like he was literally on the track team because his he was like, I have to also show like an athletic part of my thing if I'm going to get into an Ivy. Every single person I know on cross-country or track was there because they felt like they had to do a sport, either because yeah. their parents or they were high achievers who wanted to have something on their resume. Um, he's an Eagle Scout, Adrian. He showed up to some of the most annoying meetings in the world, and then he built, like, a bench in a park as his, as his, like, whatever their version of a final thesis is. This is a Harvard man. He knows how to tie a anchor knot. Also, love the very vague. He got very good SAT and ACT scores. Okay, what are they? Because... (laughs) I also got very good scores on those, and I went to a state school, and so did you. You went to a state school. So, like, I feel like this person maybe is just, like, a little overly impressed with their little racist kid. What were your SAT and ACT scores? 1390. And ACT? I don't remember, but I think it was, like, lower in comparison. Ooh, okay. Damn. Why, what was yours? I don't remember. Who would remember? What kind of nerd remembers that? <laughs> Shut up. Cut that out. <laughs> I'm embarrassed now. <laughs> no, mine was a 1400 and a 32 AC. Are you kidding like, me? Really? 10 points above? Because it's in 10 point increments. Yeah. That pisses me um, off so much. <laughs> a 32 is like the exact equivalent for a 1400 SAT score. It was like the cutoff for getting a lot of scholarships. Really quick though, SAT does not include the writing score of which I got a 770 out of 800. I also don't include the writing score and I did pretty bad on it. So, <laughs> okay, well that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I never flub any words or poorly pronounce anything <laughs> or do grammar incorrectly at all. Also, just want to put this out, GRE score is 99th percentile for uh writing, you know, whatever. Or what is what is it? Critical reading is that what it is in I have a very standard brain. That's what I usually say. (laughs) My brain was made for standardized tests, even though my SAT score wasn't excellent. But also, let's get into that whole thing. You have very good SAT and ACT scores. How many times did you take it? I was only able to afford it once. I'm sure this person also, because of their very annoying mom, almost definitely got in a class. That was um, Emma Willman, who hosted the second undergrad uh, stand-up competition that I did, had a great joke about cultural bias in the SATs. And it's just like, if Chad and Thad are eating six avocados in a gazebo, how many avocados will they have left after they've eaten two of the avocados? And most students are just like, what's a gazebo? <laughs> I think there's another joke about that, too. Oh, it was, my, it was it's less of a joke and more of like an actual friend who like works with um kids in, in the inner city of Baltimore were like, they were trying to do analogies prepping for the SAT. And one of the things was about horseshoes. And the kid was literally incredulous of like, horses don't wear shoes. Why would, what is a horseshoe? <laughs> but beyond all that, yeah. Uh, and the fact that like, they probably took prep courses and the fact that he had parents who had the available time and energy to get him to all the things he needed to be to do for being an Eagle Scout and uh, taking him to cross country. And like, 
I don't know. I honestly, I don't think Dear Therapist is going to be the person to do this, but dear God, I want someone to just rip this mom a new one. <laughs> yeah, obviously she is. There's no way uh, Slate is going to let this slide without being like, come this on. This is the Atlantic. <laughs> Atlantic. Either way. Yeah. I mean, it's a neoliberal rag. They ve- they they love getting on their high horse about shit like this. But, means. but, 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 we have to answer the question as it is asked. How do you explain to a bright, eager boy that the system is rigged against him as an upper class? You should. Man? You should turn him into a little bit of a right wing lunatic by explaining to him that as a white man, he's being discriminated against. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, your kid could be the next Richard Spencer. Think about what a good life that is for him by giving him this victim complex that everything it's has a been very stolen from job. him. Convince him that his future has been stolen by minorities. Really turn him into an insane right winger. Just like a white, a white replacement theory guy. Can I can I um suggest this as as someone who seems to have a little bit of disposable income? There's a thing called cameo, <laughs> and there's a rapper called Tom McDonald, and I think he could have a pretty good message for this kid in terms of making him understand how the world works. That's some good advice. But also, you can get any celebrity on cameo. What if Dwayne the Rock Johnson was the one who told him that that minorities were stealing his future? That'd be kind of fun. Maybe he likes the Fast and Furious series. I also, I don't want to be, like, rude in this sense. Like, I know Dolph Lundgren has, like, a master's in chemical engineering. I think The Rock's message would be like, I didn't go to college, and look at me. I'm fucking in Moana. Come on. <laughs> don't even care about college, kid. You should drop out and use your parents' money to pursue stand-up in the city. Uh, you don't have to go to college to deliver the hardest feature on a Tech 9 song of the year. Ooh. Which brings me to my next piece of advice. Maybe if you don't want to do cameo, maybe you could get one of his fam- favorite porn stars, like on OnlyFans, to do a little message for him, explaining to him that minorities have stolen his future. Ooh, that sounds like like a cuckold type thing, where like she's being fucked by a black guy while he <laughs> while she does the message. <laughs> no, no, no. I just think maybe he wants to see uh, Mia Khalifa be like, "Hey, hey, hey, I got into." Hey, it. she's a sports reporter now. She is not a porn star. And she gets very mad when you bring it up. Um, okay, advice, advice, advice. Honestly, the person you should probably get to do a cameo if you want to have it explained how systems are rigged against certain people despite non-apparent uh, aggression, but legacies of things that are institutionalized, Cornell West. Or the Daily Wire, get Ben Shapiro. Ooh, you should get both. I think you should do kind of like a, I did one of their team, I did one of their team. So I, that's an even balanced diet. And you should try to clip them together, get them to do like a run the jewels thing where they're kind of finishing each other's ideas. Yo, I'm going to tell my kids this was run the jewels. Cornell West and Ben Shapiro. Get a bucket and a mop for this wet ass pussy. Wait, what does that have to do with run the jewels? Because that's the only example oh, wait, 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 I have ben of Ben Shapiro rapping. I forgot he did that shit. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. Any other any other things you want to bring up? Any other things you want to say? Any other advice? Do you want to do you want to do that thing where maybe like you can't? No one asks you to prove that you're black. <laughs> do they not ask you to prove that you're black? <laughs> when have you ever heard of that? <laughs> you're right. I I often, Adrian. No offense to you, but I often wondered if I should. My grandpa was born in Cuba, and I always wondered if I should have tried to just list myself as Hispanic. You could. I don't know what the legal precedence to list yourself as Hispanic is, but I definitely have, like, 100% white friends who, because they had one, like, 
great grandparent were within the like one sixteenth that you had to be Ooh. to get the scholarships. So now we're getting into territory where I actually have hot takes. Um, oh yeah, no, it's super shitty. But like, I mean, are you really gonna blame people for following the official rules? It's kind of like um, what's his name? The Two Bears podcast. Tom Segura. Tom Segura. Yeah, he was uh, he was born in Argentina too. Yeah, that is the whitest ass fucking Latin American country. I'll tell you what. Um, Louis C.K. is Mexican. Yeah. But I don't think he was born in Mexico. Was he born in Mexico or was his dad just I think Mexican? he was, yeah. I think his dad... Okay. His oh, da- I, don't, I thought his dad wasn't actually Mexican. I thought his dad was just... No, I think his dad is a white Mexican and his mom was uh, American. This is too complex. I don't want to get into all this. But the one thing is... um, Two things. One, and I'm mean, kind of in that like brain rot stage right now because I'm helping someone work through a application process where a big part of it is oftentimes highlighting how you're diverse and how you're unique um is that somebody you know personally do we need to cut that out or Uh, okay i don't know why you're coming at elizabeth warren for just being a proud native american woman elizabeth warren's just like i carry hot sauce with me at all times you know i'm latina i like it spicy (laughs) come on how would you feel i've never once like benefited from any sort of minority program but I mean, I'm yeah, also this is like, like, I think I've said this before where Islin got on me because he was like, oh, you're Latino. So you get the minority thing, even though we got the same SAT score, whereas I'm Turkish and French. <laughs> and French. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't get anything, I guess. <laughs> because I'm 100% Arab, but I'm also 100% white passing. Like, I, I don't feel like I very often. Wait, are, are you doing another Fort Minor verse from before? <laughs> Wait, a Fort Minor? I don't know who that is. This is 10% Arab, 20% Arab, 30% Arab, and 50% Arab. <laughs> I guess it depends on who you're asking, because some people do tell me that they- Some people are like, oh yeah, I clocked you as foreign before I even heard a word come out of your mouth. And some people are like, are oh yeah. Why are they using clocked as, like, why are they appropriating that language? Also, wasn't that the thing was that Arab people actually did fight for the legal right to be considered white for land that is a That is a thing, yeah, in America. Yeah. Like, it was like a- they wanted to be considered white. But would you be upset if there was some sort of program that gave me a benefit because I'm 100% white passing? No, because I think for the most part, the spoils are shared pretty abundantly. Like, I don't know how many times you're getting that and that's stopping someone else who needs it from getting it. But maybe that's maybe that's less true than I'm actually letting on. I guess that is true. There are finite resources inherently in these kind of things where it's financial. Mm. Because I do, I do feel salty when white people who are like Hispanic get some really nice benefit, and I'm like, I'm more foreign than you. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I kind of get that. I don't know. There's also this thing where, like, I talked about this with my advisor. Actually, it was during my interview. It was one of the most one of the most insightful diversity conversations I've ever had. Where he was like, I don't know, like you and me talking to me and him. Uh, he was like, you and me, like the top percent of like minority students are always gonna like find a way to make it in this thing but like think of how many c student white kids get to do things that c student other kids of oh, other yeah. minority are never going to get the opportunity it's also okay. like of course we're going to get this fellowship that that, that, like, that brings us, us to the, the top, most important like, point that this kid already overperformed because of the incredible amounts of privilege you have i'm sorry if you're an atlantic reader guess what my parents didn't read the atlantic Adrian, I don't want to make assumptions. I don't think your parents read the Atlantic. If you're an Atlantic reader, you've already given your kids a ridiculous- No, no, no. My dad is always talking about the latest Ben Burgess article. (laughs) He's like, what did David Sirota have to say about the news today? (laughs) Also, those are Jacobin writers. I don't know Atlantic writers. Um, I think Matthew Iglesias. Uh, I guess that's Vox. No, my dad wouldn't read that. (laughs) Uh, Liz Brewing. 
I don't know either. Anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if this person's writing into the Atlantic, they already know all the ins and outs of how to get their kids the right SAT classes, how to get grants for education, mm-hmm. how to really milk the system for everything it's worth. I'm sorry, your kid is not smarter than the black kids that are getting into Harvard, mm-hmm. whose parents aren't as socially plugged in as you are. Mm-hmm. Just because they got the same SAT scores. Sorry, those kids actually worked way harder than your fucking little shit kid. And I think we all know that. I think we all know that. Man, I've been trying to bring in this question for like 70 episodes, and I, I'm so glad. I was like, I knew this one was going to be a fire starter. <laughs> Did I go too aggro? I don't know. <laughs> no, I agree. Do you want to read the answer and see if you have anything to say about this? Dear Lisa, the college admissions process has become so brutally intense in recent years that it can make anyone lose perspective, and I think that's what's happened here. Of course, you're not the only parent who sees her hardworking and accomplished child do everything quote-unquote right, imagines him or her thriving in a particular school and is frustrated when the child does not gain admission. But if you don't step back and look at the bigger picture, you'll be depriving your son of an education that will be far more valuable to him in the long run. So let's back it up. From the moment kids are born, they take their cues from adults around them about how to respond to experiences in the world. For instance, when a toddler stumbles in the sandbox, the first thing she does is look at her parent for a signal. If the parent calmly says, whoops, you fell down, and then smiles reassuringly, the child will likely get the message that the fall was no big deal and get right back up. But if the adult looks alarmed and yells, oh no, are you okay, and rushes over to check for injuries, the child may in turn become alarmed. Wait, am I okay? I thought I was okay, but maybe I'm not. Later, if the child doesn't get the lead in the school play, despite how talented the child may be, she'll also take her cue about what this means from the adults around her. If her parents say, that's so unfair, Jane only got the part because the drama teacher is friends with her mom, or Jane's parents are on the board, the girl might think, yeah, this is so unfair, Jane's not nearly as talented as I am. The world is rigged, why even try? If, on the other hand, your parents say, we know you really wanted the lead and we hear how disappointed you are, you worked so hard preparing for the audition, Maybe you'll get the lead next time around. But meanwhile, the part you did get will be so fun too. The daughter might still be disappointed, but she'll be learning about resilience. She'll take the message that sometimes we don't get what we want, even if we're qualified to have it. She'll learn that sometimes we might be really good at something, but someone else is even better. She'll learn that there's not just one thing that can be enjoyable or fulfilling, but many things, like acting in a play she loves, even if she's not the lead this time around. She'll learn that the world is not an all-or-nothing place where you succeed or fail. She'll learn that if she really wants something badly enough, she can try again another time and figure out what would increase her chances. She'll learn that even if Jane got the role mostly because of her talent, but partly because the teacher consciously or not favored her, there will come a time when she too will get something, an award or a job, not only because of her talent, but because of, say, a boss's strong relationship with a colleague who referred her, or the fact they both grew up in the same town, and an equally qualified candidate will be rejected. Oh my god, there's so much. Okay. Uh, let's see, yada yada yada, the kid will learn lessons early on, will probably be upset, da, 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 da. and if she finds out that she's not getting what she wants at her very good but not Ivy League school, she will know she can talk to an advisor to see what opportunities might be available that she's not yet aware of, or even apply to transfer elsewhere. Either way, she won't spend her senior year of high school anticipating how unfulfilling her college experience will be thereby creating a very unfortunate and self-fulfilling prophecy. So how do you explain to your son that the system is rigged against him? You say, son, this world is an unfair place, and the system is rigged against you. 
And then you watch him grow into an angry, unf- oh, okay, I see. And then you watch him grow into an angry, unfulfilled adult with a chip on his shoulder who will probably have grossly misguided ideas about women and people of color and his own value and worth and abilities. If you'd like a better future for him, let me suggest the following. Start by getting more accurate information, such as the fact that it's extremely challenging to get into an elite college and the vast majority of applicants to these colleges have very high test scores along with a stunning array of extracurricular activities and prestigious awards or honors. Dig deeper than anecdotal information and you'll discover that there isn't a reliable statistic or report out there that says that an applicant with very good grades and very good SAT and ACT scores, who is also an Eagle Scout and a captain of a cross-country team, quote-unquote should be admitted to a particular Ivy League school, regardless of gender, race, or ethnicity. Ask professionals in the admissions field, such as the experienced college guidance counselor, whether a student with your son's resume, who happens to be a woman of color, would still be rejected from the school of her choice. You may be surprised by the answer. Having this information might help you separate the reality from the reaction you're having, and this in turn will help you talk to your son in a more productive way about what is, for most families, applying to top-tier schools, a grueling and anxiety-provoking process. Remember, he's taking his cues from you, so if you can view this from a more balanced perspective, so will he. Instead of coming from a place of outrage on his behalf, approach him from a place of curiosity and ask, how are you doing with this college application process? Then listen to what his frustration is about it. Is he getting the message from you, his school, his friends, that the name of his college defines his worth, or is a statement about his intelligence? Does he believe that going to an Ivy League school leads to a better job or a better life for some kind of happiness he won't get at another very good school? But overall, not bad. It, it was, I think, a more coddling response than I think it needed to be. Yeah, I still think that this mom should really, uh, should really turn her son. She should really explain to her son that the world is rigged against white people and that he should be bitter and uh, forever blame all his failures on minorities. I think she should do what I saw pretty recently on the internet where someone was asking, should I just list myself as non-binary for an application so that I have a better chance of going into college? Yeah, that's true. They really can't check on that, can they? Yeah, at least get rid of the cis part, if not the white man part. It's just, it's insane how you can have all the benefits and privileges in life and still bring your mind to the point where you're like, I would be better off as a minority. It's just like, what do you need? of? <laughs> I can't imagine being somebody who reads the Atlantic regularly and still thinks of myself as a victim. Um, Do you want to do a third segment, Paul? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So one of the ways you can leave the nest is to be a part of a group and go solo. So the idea for this third segment is Paul and I are going to discuss people who started off in a band, in a group, in a collective, and then had a solo project of some sort, if not an entire solo career. All right, Adrian, you want to get into your call or into one of your uh, <laughs> into okay. one of your uh, celebs who broke off to be independent? Jordan Peele. Mm. Of the duo, Key and Peele. So Get Out is, I assume, what you're referencing as his uh, strikeout into solo fame. We can talk about his whole career. I think he's produced some movies, too, as well, which, you know, is different. He did not initially get as many acting roles as Key. Key Keegan really, like, started off with the acting roles. And then Jordan was like, I'm going to sit for a second and write one of the best horror movies of all time. <laughs> I will say I tried to avoid duos because I didn't know if that counted as striking off into independence, but I guess it does. Um, yeah. What do you mean? Do you think when people divorce, you're like, I mean, you're not technically independent. Like, you're not really single. You just got one person off your back. I think more impressive than writing, directing, get out, 
is bagging Chelsea Peretti. Ooh, okay, okay, that's a spicy meatball. I bet UK was pissed about that. You know, we had an agreement that neither of us were going to go after her because we both liked her, and it was going to ruin the friendship. Do you really think so? Yeah, of course. Who's, Come on. Who's, Keeg- who's Keegan married to? I don't know, but I, I gotta. I mean, I don't know. If I was running in those circles, I would have a, I would have a crush on Chelsea Peretti. This, this is when we, what? Wait, why do you say her name so weird? How do you pronounce that? Chelsea. 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 Per- Chelsea Peretti. Yeah. <laughs> Chelsea. Why do you keep saying Chelsea? I've only ever read it. <laughs> no, I've definitely heard it. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I'm drunk. Leave me alone. <laughs> you had a Bud Light. <laughs> But the the thing about it is, I, like, you know Keegan's married to Rihanna, right? Is like, he really? It's weird that you're... No. But I thought that would be a thing where it's like... <laughs> like that doesn't sound thought, right. I feel like I would know about that. <laughs> he's he's dating... <laughs> I'm sure Keegan. I, I'm sure Keegan. But do they have the personalities of Chelsea? I mean, Ch- yeah, Chelsea is really hot for that reason. I'm not gonna lie. But it's at first I thought you were gonna say that they had a pact not to marry white women because it, it's it's very much <laughs> that Donald Glover thing where they write very p- pro black scripts, but like some people are gonna get onto them for being like, but you married a white woman, and it's like, yeah, it does I don't know. And don't you're right. Me. Watch out for next episode. We are gonna have Doctor Umar Johnson on to uh, to really break yeah. down why you shouldn't marry white women. I'm against the miscegenation movement. Any other thoughts about Jordan Peele's work or his actual merit? <laughs> no, yeah. Did you think he was going to be the more respected one out of the two? You know, I never thought about it ahead of time, but I do love his movie, so I'm glad that he uh I'm glad that he took the I would say quite risky move of deciding to do a horror movie, which I think it's better for discussion, but I almost thought about bringing in the whitest kids you know dude who did Barbarian. Like what a fucking transition. Which I think, but because we're kind of in an era where that get out started of these kind of like, you know, quote unquote, eye roll elevated horror movies, it's not as looked down upon. But I think when Jordan Peele Mm. released Get Out, it was a bit more of a risk as like, is this going to ruin his reputation as somebody who does more quality work? Because horror movies were kind of seen as like a quick cash grab, which I think unfairly so. And I think elevated horror is a bit of a like a... I don't know, you know, like, horror movies have been what they are for a long time, and I don't think this recent crop is that much different than previous ones, but people are less dismissive of them because of the recent sync pieces and energy around them since Get Out came out. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Do we go to your next one? Yeah, sure. So, next off, we have uh, Stavros Stavros Halkius breaking out from uh, Come Town. So, for those of you who don't know, Come Town was a podcast... It was a podcast with three hosts. Stavros was one of them, Stavi Baby on social media. And he released a stand-up special on YouTube and has recently left the podcast. So he's uh, struck out from the group to his independence as a full-time comedian, it seems. He's also recently gone down to under 300 pounds. Dude, shout out to him. That's a big deal. Yeah, he released a four-part YouTube series about him working out with his brother, who's an actual fitness coach. Dude, I've heard people in my life who would definitely never in a million years have listened to Come Town recommend Stav to me, and I'm like, yeah, I I, I know Stavros. <laughs> mm. Um, so oh, you do the you do the full name flex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're talking about Stavros Halkius? Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I've been a fan of him for years. Back when he was on Come Town, I'm joking. I never want to mention Come Town to anybody. <laughs> how how do you feel that it's affected the uh? now adam friedland podcast how do you think his solo career do you do you enjoy him on his own any opinions i i mean we we talk about this in private but man 
the number of white, edgy, salty boys who were like, <laughs> Stav could have just kept taking our money, getting an easy paycheck, and being a part of the podcast. And now he has to go off and do his own thing to be friends with Rose Twitter people. And it's like, get out of your mom's basement. Also, That's he's my main. not like trying to be friends with Rose Twitter people. If anything, the people who know him now based on his YouTube stuff are just normies. Like he's struck out yeah. into actual normal fame. I'm sure he's very happy with how this has worked out. Yeah, yeah. And he's honestly, his stand up is funny. He's talented. And I loved him on the Phil podcast. Didn't like it, but Phil's kind of, you know. I loved him on the podcast. I love him on his own. And I think the podcast is still good. I think, but really, no complaints. It's all been quality. I think it worked out pretty well. All right, Paul, for you, I have Jay Duplass of the Duplass Brothers. Okay, you're going to go on and on about how much you care about, like, men being emotional with each other and honest with each other and then leave your brother in a lurch? Yeah. What, to be in the league? But his brother got transparent. He was still doing stuff. Okay, I just feel like, I just feel like maybe you guys should have stood side by side. Also, is this this is kind of like an always sunny thing, right? Where like Steve Renazisi's wife in the show is Mark Duplass's actual wife. Isn't oh wait, Mark Duplass is? is the one that's in the league, right? Yeah, yeah. Jay Duplass is the one who's in. Um, What's Jay Duplass done solo? Okay, I don't know. Transparent. I actually meant uh, Mark Duplass then. Mark Duplass who did the, uh, you know, Creep, Creep Two, The League. Wait, they didn't do Creep together. I just kind of assumed that was a uh, Duplass brothers project because it was all about brotherly friendship and <laughs> <laughs> um i think also he did the movie with aubrey plaza they do a lot of indie films and they do that weird the like one genre where of indie film they teleport or like go back in time like time traveler wanted or something ingrid goes west i don't know they do all those like indie films where it's like indie but because i recognize the people i'm like that's not indie like <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count as indie yeah like it's a bunch of fucking millionaires making a movie together like that's what we're talking about, though. Self-finance. The producer of those movies is actually putting up their own money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I liked The League. Dude, I loved the first couple seasons of The League. I thought it was the most genius show ever when that was coming out. Really? Which is embarrassing in retrospect, because it is kind of a cringy bad show in the later seasons, and even kind of in the early seasons. But I guess I it just struck it, me at so the I right time where I was like, this is so funny. I haven't rewatched it, so I can't say. All I know is that's another one where I tried to show it to Phil, and Phil was like, ha ha ha, they made the guy smoke a blunt full of his pubes. Ha ha ha, funny show. And I was like, I feel like that's the most uncharitable way to interpret the show. Like, there's a lot of really funny gags and stuff in that show. Oh, yeah, because of Phil's appreciation of elevated comedy, typically. Uh, yeah, I know. I, it's, it's, it, I don't know what to do with that boy. <laughs> There are small victories I get where, like, when he finally admitted that Broad City was funny and started watching it with his partner. And I was like, yeah, of course it's a great show. What are you talking about? But, yeah, in terms of Mark and Jay Duplass, one of the things I thought was weird and transparent is that I, I'm getting them confused at this point. But Jay Duplass was supposed to be like a ladies man, like a like a he owned a, a record uh, label and like he slept with all the young artists. And that was his thing. And I was like, I don't know if the. Duplass brand is the heartthrob brand. I think they're more of like a everyday guy who has a wife but like didn't have much competition getting married type thing. Or I, I don't know how to describe that. Didn't have many people vying, didn't have a lot of suitors vying after them vibe. 
I don't know. They give off the sort of pretty boy, like, I feel like I can see the two of them being quiet in the corner of a party and a bunch of girls being like, oh my god, they're so deep. Mm, that's true. They're like writing their screenplay right there. They're like, what should we, what, we should call the third one Creep 3. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what should we call the third one? And they're like, mm. five minutes later, one of them's like, I have an idea. All right, what do you got? Okay, so this one was a little bit kind of like the duo thing, where I didn't know how much it counted as a strike-off into independence. But he did strike out of having a corporate contract. I feel, so wait, also, okay, again, just one, once again, so if you think if someone leaves their single mother to go to college, you're like, it's just two of you. Like, it's not a split up. Like, you're not splitting from the group. Like, I don't understand this dichotomy of, like, if there's two people, then you can't split. I guess I just interpreted it in my mind as leaving a group, but you're right. That, that was... No way to interpret it. There was no specific reason for that. I'm glad you agreed that I won in that battle of wits. Okay, Paul won from earlier in this episode. Adrian won. We are tied now. Pierce is still zero. That's true. Andrew Callahan, leaving All Gas No Breaks, the corporate-owned brand, to start his own brand, Channel 5. I did want to argue with this that he did bring his crew with him. So like he, I yeah. guess some people do that when they go solo anyways. So maybe that's like a non-point, but. He didn't leave any of the homies behind. He just left behind the owners. Yeah, honestly, cool move. Cool move. I, I've said before, and I've, I, I'll say it again. I, I can see in the future Andrew having a heel turn into a villain. But as of now, cool dude making cool content. I think he's a little too comfortable kind of buddying up with really problematic people. And I get that's the whole brand is like radical listening to people who have odd opinions. But there are some times where I think he's it it, it crosses the border of promoting versus like just listening. No, I, I see what you're saying. I could see him doing something problematic, people calling him out and being upset. And rather than being like, oh, shit, what I did was wrong. Just digging his heels. Yeah. And that's how a lot of people do the heel turn to being conservative. That's the when you dig in your heels. Yeah. I was a liberal person and the radical left came after me. <laughs> yeah, I could totally see that from him. But I like him. I have his merch. I wear it all the time. People really like it. I get a lot of comments on it. He's a cool dude. All right, Adrian, for you, I have uh, the breakout stars of the first Madagascar movie. And I know what you're thinking. It's a zebra, right? Everybody loves everybody loves. When a Chris zebra's Rock. in the zone, leave him alone. <laughs> what was the name of the zebra in that movie? Uh, marty no marty's the giraffe yeah it was right? marty oh no, no marty's the, the zebra giraffe. i think oh melvin is the giraffe you're right you're right marty the zebra but the penguins from madagascar breaking out into their own movies having their own like shorts what not pants no 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 i feel like they do uh like short films about them like i've seen like animated stuff on netflix that's like the penguins have this mm-hmm. little adventure and it's like a 20 minute short animated film i could be wrong about show. that yeah. <laughs> Definitely have their own show. <laughs> and there's like a laugh track over it, and there's like three cameras set up. It's like a beginning and audience. narrative arc, and then credits at the end. To be continued at the end. Um, why did you think it was appropriate to bring in a cartoon character for this segment? I thought we were bringing in real shit. Adrian, I know for a fact you're bringing in a cartoon next. Alright, I'm bringing in Paul's body pillow. <laughs> Don't tell them about Asuke. <laughs> Asuke-kun. <laughs> Paul-san. Um, what do I think about the Madagascar penguins? I'm surprised the the uh, the lemurs didn't get the spinoff. I think the king did. 
uh, King, what's his name? Julian. Julian. I think I like he's the movie. Movie. I think he's part of the Penguin crew in the spinoff. He's part of the. He's part of the PG. <laughs> PC. Wait, <by> PC. <laughs> well, there's a clear like you can see how if you word it like humpcase or whatever, the G would almost really stand out either way. But yes, the PC. <laughs> Camel case, but yeah, humpcase. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna body you, Paul. Is there any way I can just fly out right now and just body you right now? <laughs> I love you, buddy. <laughs> I love you too, bro. I'm gonna fucking body you though. The penguins did not have dis- they had distinct personalities, but they didn't have well developed personalities. I can't imagine there being a ten out of ten emotionally fulfilling Soprano style <laughs> show based on the penguins. But what did they do? What was their show about? Uh, they had a movie, from what I knew about. It's uh... oh, they definitely had a show like on Nickelodeon or whatever. Ooh, you see, I didn't know about that, Maddox. I should have done a modicum of research before bringing them in, huh? At least a modicum, yeah. I think the penguins walked so the minions could run. That's kind of true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Despicable Me really is barely a brand anymore compared to compared to the minions. Uh, do you want my last thing? My last one. It's a little character named Velma from Scooby-Doo who in Zombie Island 1998 film after the crew has completely split up before they rejoin as the mystery crew is owning a little bookshop by herself specifically like a murder mystery bookshop but also i don't think that exists is this a spinoff that everybody's talking about where velma is lesbian that's like annoying right wingers no that's the new one. Oh, okay so this is 1998 yeah this i never saw this is it good oh it's one of the scariest ones because it's one of the first i'm, I'm not gonna make that claim like like super concretely but it's one of the first ones where the twist is that like yeah they actually are just zombies like the, the supernatural is actually real like there's no mask off moment like it's actually just scary zombies on an island that's kind of like the uh live action one where they actually are just monsters yeah but this is this preceded it this walked so that that could run this, this walked so that you they that so that movie could walk not run to the movie <laughs> to watch the old animated <laughs> film about velma owning a bookshop <laughs> yeah um it's also pretty brief, too. This is, like, in the beginning where they're getting the gang back together because Scooby and Shaggy are still solving mysteries. Daphne and Fred. Fred is the director for Daphne's news show. And then Velma's on her own um, licking puss. No, no. Canonically, she hadn't started doing that yet. Okay, yeah, you're right. So let me just lay out my worldview for the audience here. Look, I get conservatives are angry that Velma is lesbian, and we all like pissing off conservatives. But obviously... That is kind of just Hollywood being a little woke and PC right now, making her lesbian. Because Why do they make the nerdy character the lesbian one? Literally every other character of Scooby-Doo is gay or queer. Velma is the only one who's obviously straight. Fred is clearly a gay man. That, no question about he's got, that. He's got an ascot. Who, what straight man was an ascot? Clearly a gay man. Daphne, clearly a lesbian. Like... And a non-turfy lesbian. Yeah, and a non-turfy lesbian. She's not like a butch lesbian or anything, but she just has that energy. Like, she's tired of men. They're trash. She's like a hot Twitter lesbian. Mm. Shaggy? Okay, maybe he's an incel. <laughs> no, no, no. Look at what that mouth do with that sandwich, though. <laughs> uh, Shaggy's either asexual or a person who can only have 
sex with somebody that they're they have a deep physical bond with what is that called demisexual uh, sapiosexual or a deep uh emotional or mental bond maybe sapiosexual yeah no that's or, intelligence that's uh demisexual or i don't remember there's too many shaggy seems like a real sort of clingy dude who doesn't really care about he's a clingy dude with a toot he's a clingy dude and he doesn't care if you're guy girl anything he's he's open to anybody as long as he falls in love with you guys gals and non-binary pals shaggy definitely has a tinder and he definitely is like the most important thing is that you're 420 friendly <laughs> scooby i don't know he's a dog he doesn't fit into our human paradigms velma we can't explain consent about how scooby sees the world <laughs> velma's the only one who's straight and don't get me wrong she's kinky She's definitely kind of poly, but she's straight. She has like a harem of four or five Zelda t-shirt guys who all mm. hang on her heel and do whatever she wants, and she's kind of mean to them. They're all software engineers, and she's like a librarian, and she's 100% straight. I'm sorry, clearly not lesbian. Why is Scrappy-Doo not uh, straight? Man, he's underage. And all kids are gay, I'll tell you what. Have you seen a third grader? They're like, you want me to do what? <laughs> Scrappy dude is clearly currently, he's not gay or straight, he's clearly currently on hormone suppressors. <laughs> he's on, uh, what is it, delayers, what are they called? <laughs> Puberty blockers. Okay, cool. Sounds about right. All right, Adrian, big facts, no cap, get out of here. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, um, Paul. Big fact. Everybody's got to strike off on their own at some point, um, whether that's, you know, learning to shop for yourself in college or deciding to convert to Islam. Equal thing. Whatever you do, be honest to who you are. That's beautiful, man. Uh, my no cap is um, the early bird gets the worm. So get out of that nest early. You know what I mean, man? Come hey. on now. I mean that however you think I mean that. <laughs> All right. She's got blonde hair just like Addison Ray. Brown eyes, butterflies, yeah, when she looks at me. And I know she's got demons up in her brain. But I 